0: Chapter Three of the Wonderful History of Peter Schlemiel, the Man Who Lost His Shadow. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ashley M. The Wonderful History of Peter Schlemiel, the Man Who Lost His Shadow, by Adelbert von Chamisso, translated by Frederick Henry Hedge. Chapter Three of what avail are wings to him who is fast bound in iron fetters he is compelled only the more fearfully to despair i lay like fafner by his treasure very far from every consolation suffering much in the midst of my gold but my heart was not in it on the contrary i cursed it because i saw myself through it cut off from all life brooding over my gloomy secret alone i trembled before the meanest of my servants whom at the same time i was forced to envy for he had a shadow he might show himself in the sun i wore away days and nights in solitary sorrow in my chamber and anguish gnawed at my heart there was another who pined away before my eyes my faithful bendel never ceased to torture himself with silent reproaches that he had betrayed the trust reposed in him by his master and had not recognized him after whom he was dispatched and with whom he must believe that my sorrowful fate was intimately interwoven. I could not lay the fault to his charge. I recognized in the event the mysterious nature of the unknown. That I might leave nothing untried, I one time sent Bendel with a valuable brilliance ring to the most celebrated painter of the city, and begged that he would pay me a visit. He came. I ordered my people to retire, closed the door, seated myself by the man. And after I had praised his art, I came with a heavy heart to the business, causing him before that to promise the strictest secrecy. Mr. Professor, said I, could not you, think you, paint a false shadow for one who, by the most unlucky chance in the world, has become deprived of his own? You mean a personal shadow? That is precisely my meaning. But, continued he, through what awkwardness? Through what negligence could he then lose his proper shadow? How it happened, replied I, is now of very little consequence, but thus far I may say, added I, lying shamelessly to him, in Russia, whither he made a journey last winter, in an extraordinary cold his shadow froze so fast to the ground that he could by no means loose it again. The false shadow that I could paint him, replied the professor, would only be such a one as by the slightest agitation he might lose again, especially a person who, as appears by your relation, has so little adhesion to his own native shadow. He who has no shadow, let him keep out of the sunshine. That is the safest and most sensible thing for him. He arose and withdrew, casting at me a trans-piercing glance, which mine could not support, I sank back in my seat and covered my face with my hands. Thus Bendel found me as he at length entered. He saw the grief of his master, and was desirous silently and reverently to withdraw. I looked up. I lay under the burden of my trouble. I must communicate it. Bendel! cried I. Bendel! Thou only one who seest my affliction and respectest it, seekest not to pry into it but appear as silently and kindly to sympathize. Come to me, Bendel, and be the nearest to my heart. I have not locked from thee the treasure of my gold, neither will I lock from thee the treasure of my grief. Bendel, forsake me not, Bendel. Thou beholdest me rich, liberal, kind. Thou imaginest that the world ought to honor me, and thou seest me fly the world and hide myself from it. Bendel, the world has passed judgment and cast me from it and perhaps thou too wilt turn for me and thou knowest my fearful secret bendel i am rich liberal kind but alas i have no shadow no shadow cried the good youth from horror and the bright tears gushed from his eyes woe well, is me that i was born to serve a shadowless master he was silent and i held my face buried in my hands bendel added i at length tremblingly now hast thou my confidence and now canst thou betray it go forth and testify against me he appeared to be in a heavy conflict with himself at length he flung himself before me and seized my hand which he bathed with his tears no exclaimed he think the world as it will i cannot and will not on account of a shadow abandon my kind master i will act justly and not with policy I will continue with you, lend you my shadow, help you when I can, and when I cannot, weep with you." I fell on his neck, astonished at such unusual sentiment, for I was convinced that he did it not for gold. From that time, my fate and my mode of life were in some degree changed. It is indescribable how much Bendel continued to conceal my defect. He was everywhere before me and with me, foreseeing everything hitting on contrivances, and were danger-threatened covering me quickly with a shadow, since he was taller and bulkier than I. Thus I ventured myself again among men, and began to play a part in the world. I was obliged, it is true, to assume many peculiarities and humors, but such became the rich, and so long as the truth continued to be concealed, I enjoyed all the honor and respect which were paid to my wealth." I looked calmly forward to the promised visit of the mysterious unknown at the end of the year and the day. I felt, indeed, that I must not remain longer in a place where I had once been seen without a shadow, and where I might easily be betrayed. Perhaps I yet thought too much of the manner in which I had introduced myself to Thomas John, and it was a mortifying recollection. I would therefore here merely make an experiment to present myself with more ease and confidence elsewhere but that now occurred which held me a long time riveted to my vanity for there it is in the man that the anchor bites the firmest ground even the lovely fanny whom i in this place again encountered honored me with some notice without recollecting ever to have seen me before for i now had wit and sense as i spoke people listened and i could not for the life of me comprehend myself how i had arrived at the art of maintaining and engrossing so easily the conversation but why relate to thee the whole long ordinary story thou thyself hast often related it to me of other honourable people to the old well-known play in which i good-naturedly undertook a worn-out part There came in true to her, and me, and everybody unexpectedly, a most peculiar and poetic catastrophe. As, according to my wont, I had assembled on a beautiful evening a party in the garden. I wandered with the lady arm in arm at some distance from the other guests, and exerted myself to strike out pretty speeches for her. She modestly cast down her eyes and gently returned the pressure of my hand, when suddenly, the moon broke through the clouds behind me, and she saw only her own shadow thrown forward before her. She started, and glanced wildly at me, then again on the earth, seeking my shadow with her eyes, and what passed within her painted itself so singularly on her countenance that I should have burst into a loud laugh if it had not itself run ice-cold over my back. I let her fall from my arms in a swoon, shot like an arrow through the terrified guests, reached the door, flung myself into the first chaise which i saw on the stand and drove back to the city where this time to my cost i had left the circumspect bendel he was terrified as he saw me one word revealed to him all post horses were immediately fetched i took only one of my people with me an errand knave called rascal who had contrived to make himself necessary to me by his cleverness and who could suspect nothing of the present occurrence that night, I left upwards of a hundred miles behind me. Bendel remained behind me to discharge my establishment, to pay money, and to bring me what I most required. When he overtook me next day, I threw myself into his arms and swore to him never again to run into the like folly, but in future to be more cautious. We continued our journey without pause over the frontiers and the mountains, and it was not till we began to descend and had placed those lofty bulwarks between us and our former unlucky abode that I allowed myself to be persuaded to rest from the fatigues I had undergone, in a neighboring and little-frequented bathing-place. End of chapter 3 Recording by Ashley M.